Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. It's all A.J. Allmendinger going to Thunder Valley. It comes down to three drivers, A.J. Allmendinger, Justin Haley, and Ty Gibbs. Can anybody do anything with Allmendinger? Here they come, final approach into the carousel. Dinger will dive down to the inside of the racetrack. He'll give the mirrors one final check. He'll sling that car into turn 13. Checkered flag is waving at the start-finish line, and A.J. Allmendinger wins the B&L Transport 170 at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952 by Xfinity XFi, internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. So glad you've joined us. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you for our Weekly get-together that will involve a visit from Texas Motor Speedway President Eddie Gossage. The All-Star Race is in Texas this weekend, the first time it's ever been there. It's also going to be the last race weekend for Eddie Gossage. He'll join us to talk about that and a whole lot more. We'll visit with Texas native Chris Busher. He'll chat with our Woody Kane. Plus, we'll go over the All-Star format for this weekend's festivities and hear some driver perspective on that. We'll also talk some NASCAR Camping World Truck Series with Sheldon Creed. Plus, we'll give you a playoff update and a whole lot more. But first, Kyle Ricky's here to get us started with the latest in headlines in NASCAR Nation. Kyle, what's up? Mike Matt Benedetto and his Wood Brothers number 21 team currently sits 17th in the NASCAR Cup Series standings after the first 16 races of the season. And with just 10 races to go before the 16-driver playoff field is set, the team has decided to make a change. Beginning with this weekend's all-star race at the Texas Motor Speedway, Jonathan Hassler will take over the crew chief duties from Greg Irwin, who had been in that role with the Wood Brothers for the last three and a half seasons. Hassler made his debut as a crew chief as a fill-in for Irwin earlier this year at the Martinsville Speedway, where the team finished 12. And Colleg Racing continues to make noise in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, winning this past Saturday with A.J. Allmendinger at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. And all three of the team's cars currently sit in the top six in the championship standings. Allmendinger is second, Jeb Burton is fifth, 
while Justin Haley is sixth. Team owner Matt Colley, however, is not only focused on this year's Xfinity Series title, but also working toward a full-time NASCAR Cup Series program for 2022. We fully plan on uh, running uh, one car or at least one car uh, in the Cup Series next year full-time. You know, whether whether that's AJ or somebody else, we're, we're really not sure. Uh, I think AJ, regardless, will run uh, road courses and maybe super speedway. Colleague Racing has made five starts in the Cup Series over the last two seasons, with their most recent coming at the Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas, two weeks ago with AJ Allmendinger, where he finished fifth. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Eddie Gossage, and later we'll preview the all-star race at Texas Motor Speedway. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. After three decades in the sport, Texas Motor Speedway President Eddie Gossage has announced his retirement. Our Kurt Becker had a chance to sit down with Eddie and talked about his career in NASCAR. We're joined by Eddie Gossage, the President and General Manager of the Texas Motor Speedway. It's been announced that Eddie will be headed for retirement after the NASCAR All-Star Race on June 13. Eddie, first of all, thanks for taking time to join us. Oh, glad to do this. It's, uh, you know, All-Star Race is a lot of fun, and so uh, can't wait for it to get here next week, and happy to talk about it today. As we talk about the All-Star Race and reflect on your career, I want to go back to your time at the Charlotte Motor Speedway back in 1992. You were on the publicity staff there. We're going to go racing under the lights for the first time in the All-Star Race that year. Did, did people think you all were crazy when you said, we're going to put this race under lights? Well, we thought we were crazy because we set it in January and had to do it by May. And uh, that meant we had to develop a lighting system that would work on a super speedway because that had never been done before. And um, we were we really were fortunate to become partners with Musco Lighting, a group out of Iowa that does a lot of stadiums and arenas around the world. And they developed an amazing system that is still the, the standard for today at, uh, at racetracks. And, uh, you know, we, we had this idea at one point of one giant light in the middle of the infield, like the sun that would, and it, all kinds of things. And um, it's amazing in retrospect that we we're able to make it happen and made, made it work perfectly, perfectly uh, for the all-star race, which was the Winston back then uh, in late May of 92. I'm guessing that it's not lost on you that here you are now. You have had 32 years with Speedway Motorsports. You've had over 25 with the Texas Motor Speedway. Have you reflected on the fact that all the way from that experience in 1992 at the All-Star Race, you're going to conclude your career as track president for the host site of the All-Star Race? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's, a, um, that, it's a really significant way to end things, to say the least. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I talked to Marcus Smith, who uh, is the president and CEO of, of our parent company, about this last summer. And uh, 
had decided probably that um, the end of last year that would be it. You know, let's let's just December thirty first, and and he said, "You're going to do the All Star race. Stick around. Do the All Star race. That's you know uh, obviously uh, a race that I love." And and he said, "It's uh, it really suits you well. It's a great way to end with an exclamation point at the end of your uh, time at Texas Motor Speedway." And uh, so he said, think about it. And, and I did and said, okay, let's do it. It's, it's been a lot of fun to, to work on this race and, and get ready for next, uh, for, for Sunday night's uh, NASCAR all-star race. And I hope it's, it's every bit as memorable as that 1992 uh, all-star race in Charlotte, the one hot night event that uh, has become part of racing legend. Um, that would be a great way to finish up to say the least. We touched on the fact that you've had over 30 years as part of the Speedway Motorsports family. When we think back to that era and the all-star race, and as you said, known as the Winston at the time, that race was struggling. Were Bruton Smith and Humpy Wheeler the ideal individuals to work with R.J. Reynolds to help breathe new life into that race? Yeah, because you got to go back in 85, the first running of the Winston was actually run on Saturday as a companion to the uh, Xfinity race, the, the, the Grand National race back then. And uh, Daryl Waltrip won that. The next year it went to Atlanta Motor Speedway. It was supposed to rotate around from track to track. And it went to Atlanta Motor Speedway and it was scheduled on Mother's Day weekend and it flopped. I mean, it didn't draw 10,000 people. It was a bomb. And so uh, they took it to Charlotte Motor Speedway in 87. And, uh, but by, by, you know, the early nineties, it, it kind of had peaked and was, was not really on the strongest of legs. And so, uh, RJR had decided that they were going to pull the plug on it for 92, uh, the 91 running was it. And, uh, we went up to RJ Reynolds and had a plan that we're going to do a couple of things. One, we're going to put in a light system that we had no idea what that light system was going to be or how it was going to work, but we're going to run this race at night. And that was unbelievable in and of itself. And then, because it was Winston Cigarettes sponsoring the series, that if fans would uh, for they'd send us 20 empty packs, used packs of cigarettes, they get $20 off any seat in the house. And so uh, the folks at Reynolds told us, there's nothing you can tell us that's going to save this race. And so we laid it all out. And T. Wayne Robertson, uh, sitting in this big conference room and he says just a minute fellas and he left the room and he came back in the room he had gotten the executive leadership together of rj reynolds and said we're doing this race charlotte of course uh, a wonderful host for the all-star race for many years bristol did a nice job last year why will texas motor speedway make a good host site as well for the all-star race well you know this is a, a big city big uh big market big state uh, when the NCAA was having their very first uh, college football championship game, they played it here. Uh, they, uh, you know, World Series are played here. Super Bowls are played here. WrestleManias are held here. And so uh, it's, this is a, a, a sports market uh, that's really hard to compare. And, and so to bring the all-star race to a market that's had, I know in my 25 years here, Major League Baseball's all-star game, the NHL All-Star Game, the NBA All-Star Game, on and on, it just makes sense. And it's something that uh, really, I've been preaching to NASCAR for, for years and years, decades, to be honest with you. And uh, finally, we were able to make, work it out for everybody's benefit. 
the, the sport, uh, you know, that's the big thing is what's best for the sport as a whole. And uh, best thing for the sport as a whole is to, is to have this race here. And so uh, format, interesting, um, much simpler than people want it to be. Uh, people try to make it a little more complicated than it really is. Watch Fox and you'll get it. You'll understand it. It's going to be uh, interesting. And, and uh, you know, every time I think in these rounds, as you advance towards the end of the night, every time you get up the ladder, you possibly could get kicked back down to the bottom of the ladder, and have to climb it again and again and again. And so you may wind up with a real surprise at the end of the night. And when a million bucks is on the line, uh, I think it makes it a lot more fun when, uh, you know, I expect the cream of the crop to, to rise to the top, but who knows? And that's going to make it fun to watch. Fox Sports and Motor Racing Network will have live coverage of the All-Star Race. And, and Eddie, you have been part of the Texas Motor Speedway, not only since the beginning, really since prior to the beginning, because if memory serves, I think you even had a role in helping pick the site as you worked alongside of Bruton Smith and his staff. After all of these years, after more than 25 years, once that checkered flag drops on the All-Star Race, is it going to be difficult to walk away? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, there's there's some bittersweetness to it all. But uh, at the same time, um, you know, I, I'm an all in kind of guy. And, and I have lived and breathed this uh, since the day Bruton called me one day at Charlotte Motor Speedway and said, let's go build a racetrack. And I said, why are you calling me? He said, let me rephrase that. Go build a racetrack. And I, OK, where are we going to build a racetrack? I don't know. Figure it out. Click. And, uh, you know, since that moment, it's been an all consuming thing 24 seven. And it's been great. It's been an amazing thing. Uh, you know, when your life exceeds uh, your dreams as a, as a young man, uh, that's just incredible. And to build a 150,000 seat stadium and, and operate it for 25 years, you can't you can't hope for that. You don't dream for that. So it's been exceptional. But uh, it's been all consuming. And so um, it just seems like 25 years is a nice symmetrical window, time to close that book. Um, it, it's been great. We've done so many amazing things. We've, we've I've banged my head against the wall on a lot of things too. That's just part of the deal. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's time. And uh, I, I, I can't thank Bruton Smith uh, and later on his son, Marcus Smith, enough for allowing me to, to do this. And uh, it's just been a great blessing. It's just uh, an amazing thing. But yeah, it, it'll, be, it'll be hard to walk away in a sense, but uh, I'm, it's, it's time. Eddie, you and your staff have always been very gracious hosts at the Texas Motor Speedway. It's been much appreciated. We thank you for taking time to join us to reflect on your career and to look ahead to what should be a fantastic all-star race we want to wish you all the best in retirement. Thanks for all that you've done for the sport, and thanks for being with us. Well, thank you, Kurt. We just are so excited that the All-Star is going to host the All-Stars. It's going to be a full metal rodeo for a big old bag of dough. I want you to tune in and enjoy it on FS1 and MRN. Thanks, Kurt. Thank you, Eddie. That's Eddie Gossage, the president and general manager of the Texas Motor Speedway, taking time to join us to look ahead to the All-Star race and also talk about his career and looking ahead toward retirement. Thank you, Kurt. Coming up, we'll chat with Texas native Chris Busher, and later we'll talk all-star race. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota racing team is doing their part to take the trophy home. 
like sixth grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Wheatland would like to congratulate Kyle Larson and his number five Hendrick Motorsports pit crew for the win at Sonoma Raceway. They are the Wheatland pit crew of the week. Following the win, Larson discussed the strong relationship with crew chief Cliff Daniels. We just got to continue to work hard, and um, pit crew's been doing a great job. Cliff and, and everybody at the shop on all the cars have been doing great, and, and I feel like I'm putting in a lot of work, too, on my end, and um, results are, are showing, but we got to keep Keep working hard to stay this good. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952. Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Since Texas is hosting its first all-star race this weekend, what better way to get pumped up than with a chat with a Texas native in Chris Busher. Woody Kane sat down and chatted with Chris recently. Chris Busher is with us now. And Chris, I was just looking through the stats. What has been the difference so far this season? Because you guys seem to be trending in the right direction. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I wish I could tell you the, the one difference, but uh, honestly, it came from a lot of different departments through the entire off season and, and really the entire shop, uh, really committing to, to their roles and to setting goals and, and achieving those through the off season. And I know that's kind of the typical thing that I feel like you, you talk about when you come into a new season, but uh, I felt like this one had a lot more structure to it than, than I've seen in the past, and I think that it showed a lot of results for us really early on. You're not the first guy I've heard to say it's been challenging when I've changed teams and then the pandemic hit and we can't practice or qualify. So what does that notebook look like compared to what it used to look like where you don't have the opportunity to kind of you know come back into the garage and talk to Luke, your crew chief, and go, hey, I think this might be better or that might be better, and now you're just, all right, try it. <laughs> so. What you're just doing there, you're sitting there talking with your hands, right? And we're yeah. just sitting here having a conversation. It's exactly what we do after practice. Mm. You're sitting there and you're trying to, you're standing right next to crew chief and engineers and uh, car chief, and we're trying to, to discuss what we're fighting, what we need, what uh, what you're trying to get out of the race car. We don't have that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's after the race, you get done, and that was your practice for the next one that's going to be somewhat similar to that racetrack, right? So mile and a half carry over or you know, Phoenix was our practice for Richmond, which is going to be our practice for, for Loudon, perhaps. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it's just, um, it's tough. We're not the only ones in the scenario. You know, I realize that there are a, a, a pretty big handful of drivers that have come from uh, the Xfinity Series coming up and are in a new boat, uh, switching teams. It's around, so we're, we're mm-hmm. not alone. But um, it, it, it made last season harder than my rookie year in, in cup racing, in my, in my opinion. It was just extremely difficult to uh to find that rhythm and, and find the the right place to start on a lot of weeks and now it's feeling like well we've been there done that we kind of know what we're up Definitely against here now better. but yeah. then nascar throws you a curveball and puts a bunch of new tracks in there too that you haven't been <laughs> but at least see, those like you're those, gonna get though. practice see I, yeah i like those and um you know for for me i've been to a couple of those so i've been to road america on the xfinity mm-hmm. and the arca side that's a cool um, track I, I love road america mm-hmm. I, I like road racing in general yeah. it's not my background but i love doing it and so i I was excited to see more road racing coming to our schedule um i've been in nashville testing cup cars when i was 
16 or 17, somewhere mm-hmm. around there probably. Well, and, you were testing cup cars at 16? Yeah. Yeah, wow. I guess I was testing. How'd that happen? I mean, I was still in the Roush Development Program running ARCA. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you back in those days there, they were You were just walking around the shop, and they said, hey, grab so, that kid. Well, kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember me and uh, Grant Infinger went mm-hmm. to do some of the five-mile testing together. I mean, it was whoever they could find to get in and, and do it at the time. I, me and uh, Colin Braun were, were running. Mm-hmm. Out in Arizona at times, I mean, you know, the the, the Cup Series was running wide open. They were yeah. still testing to to some extent as well. And that's back um, when teams could test almost whatever they wanted to I, do. I don't remember the exact, but yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a lot more than now, yeah, yeah. right? So, um, so yeah, they just uh, they had a full schedule, so ended up getting to do a decent amount of testing. Then Nashville seemed to be a place we ended up at a lot. Um, Felt like it was always four or eight degrees there when we were testing. I remember icicles <laughs> falling off the catch fence. We won't have that problem no, no, here no. in a couple of weeks, but uh, it is cool to to have new tracks on schedule. Yes, we get some practice. It's pretty minimal in the grand scheme of things. That's kind of where I wanted to go with you next. You're a Texas guy, Prosper, Texas, a little while, what, 45 minutes or so northeast of Texas Motor Speedway ish around in that yeah, range depending yeah. on traffic of course That's which right, is a no. different animal now but <laughs> but going back to your home state for a new racetrack and, and facing that for the first time and the all-star race is going to be in texas i know you're one of the guys who probably had a big smile on his face when the schedule came out yeah definitely so i'll take any uh any races back home that i can get but um you know texas motor speedway was home track for me i've run on every surface there uh which sounds crazy to say but you got the little fifth mile out back the quarter mile on the front stretch we ran the winter series on the road course in the infield and i ran a legends car on the dirt track out behind the track (laughs) as well so i run them all um and and the big track Mm -hmm. before and after the reconfiguration so um it's cool to say i've been there and and grew up around that place uh my family is actually closer to the austin racetrack now Mm. um right outside of uh uh the austin area so that's actually become more of a home track. It, it, I, I love going back to Texas for, for any reason I can, mm-hmm. but having a second race there for, um, for well, adding Coda in the mm-hmm. schedule and then having the All-Star race as well, very neat. So we have uh, got to win our way into that All-Star and lock ourselves in still. We're getting close to it. Uh, we're definitely on the right track. So we'll see if we can, uh, before it comes, be locked in and, and be ready to go out to Texas Speedway and try and race for that. The only constant with the All-Star Race seems to be change, especially in recent years, <laughs> all the different formats and different cars and things. What do you think about what you're going to be facing this year? Because way more segments than we've had in the past. Yeah, and, and um, I remember going through it, and I actually don't remember off the top of my head what uh, what it is, but I remember reading through and saying, all right, so this is going to create a lot of opportunity and, and a lot of unknowns. Um, you know, it is a lot more segments. Uh, they're quick, and, and I mm-hmm. think the idea is to try and – it's not – yeah, I mean, it's quicker than heat races. Yeah, in, short in burst, a, like right. it, like it's a, time uh, to go. sprint car racing or something. Right, and, yeah. and so you have to go. The The hard part about that is, yes, it will it will amp up the intensity, but a lot of times it really does take three laps to set a pass up to make it happen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so in, in some ways, I don't think it's long enough to get all that you would be capable of, but it will step the urgency up where you're going to maybe try and be more aggressive than you would and, and induce mistakes from others that you're trying to pass at the same mm-hmm. time. So it might open up some opportunities, and I think that it will be neat to, to see it play out. But, yeah, but when you start talking about the All-Star and the rules and the the way it's changed through the years, I, mean, I, I haven't I, – I couldn't tell you what last year's program yeah, your was. Yeah, head will spin. Keep just, up. I'm, yeah, I'm spun out. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's exactly it. So if we can get into that race, well, um, then you sit down and you really – 
really dive into what you need to do then. But, um, you know, it, it uh, it's cool to see the changes. It's cool to see it go to Texas. Uh, I think that track has been pretty neat since the reconfiguration. I know some people don't like it, but I've, uh, I've enjoyed it. So mm-hmm. I think it'll be good. Thank you, Woody. Coming up, we'll preview this weekend's all-star race at Texas. And later, we'll talk NASCAR Camping World Trucks with Sheldon Creed. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. A few moments ago, you heard from Texas Motor Speedway Eddie Gossage talking about the All-Star Race. Well, let's go over the rules and the format for this weekend's extravaganza. We'll also hear from what some drivers are expecting. Here's Kyle Ricky. The All-Star Race. Every year, NASCAR's elite drivers tough it out for a cash bonus and the glory of besting the best in the sport. This year's showdown features a six-round, 100-lap race at Texas Motor Speedway. Let's dive into the format a bit more, so buckle up. The starting lineup is set by a random draw, Round one, drivers will race for 15 laps. After that, the field will be inverted, starting anywhere from eighth to 12th positions, selected by a random draw. Round two is another 15 laps, with the entire field being inverted after that segment. Round three is another 15 laps, with the field again being inverted, starting anywhere from eighth to 12th positions, being selected by a random draw. Round four is another 15 laps. Round five is 30 laps. Now the lineup for this round will be a combination of cumulative finishes from the first four rounds with the best cumulative finishers starting on the pole. All cars must also complete a four tire pit stop during this round and the crew with the fastest stop will score an extra $100,000. Round six is a 10 lap sprint to the finish. So far, 17 drivers have clinched spots in the all-star race, including Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch, William Byron, Cole Custer, Austin Dillon, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, Kyle Larson, Joey Logano, Michael McDowell, Ryan Newman, and Martin Truix Jr. Three more drivers will earn spots by winning a segment in the open, and one driver will get in via the all-star fan vote. Alex Bowman is hoping his pit crew can continue to be one of the best and get him in a position to win. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, going for a big payday there. Uh, we've been strong there in the past, but I guess the roles are a little bit different for that deal. And yeah, I mean, strategy is going to be key trying to uh, be out front. We all know how, how passing goes at that place. So just trying to play that the right way and 
you know, we have a really fast pit crew. So, you know, hopefully uh, our pit crew gets us out first there at the end and, and we can drive away from them. Teammate William Byron says that the final 10 lap sprint to the finish is going to be wild. I honestly don't know what to tell you on that last segment. I feel like it's going to be insanity, really, to kind of see how people race. But, yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of insane moves and, and a lot of aggressive stuff. So, you know, it's an all-star race. It's going to take everything. Martin Truix Jr. says that Texas is going to make it interesting, and no one is sure what to expect with how the format will work. It's interesting, you know, to, to have it in Texas, but, um, you know, all-star races are always potentially wild and crazy, and, um, you know, all the inverts and the restarts and the short runs, you know, you got to have a car that's got really good speed, and um, it's going to be tough. So uh, it be fun to have the first one out in Texas. Great, great track and, uh, you know, great venue. Obviously, a lot of great fans out there, and um, look forward to seeing them. But I don't really know what to expect. You know, we ran, uh, we ran strong there last fall. But I think it's going to be totally different, you know, being an all-star race and guys bringing some stuff that needs to run really fast for 10 laps. So kind of a guessing game at this moment. Tyler Reddick echoes those feelings of no one really knowing how to prepare for this format. Having to travel for the all-star race is definitely a little bit different. I mean, we, we drove to Bristol to do it. But, yeah, it is kind of funny to think that the aero package we have on the Super Speedways with the paper space and everything is basically what we're going to have at Texas. So I hope we don't have that kind of a chaotic race. Track's a little bit shorter. One and two is definitely a lot more challenging. It's not an easy wide open. Even in a cup car. I really don't know how it's going to go preparation wise and um, how a race is going to kind of go. It's going to really be dictated by do we bring the right body build? Do we got the right barrel balance to race well with that little bit less horsepower in, a, in an open field, if you will. Motor Racing Network will have full coverage of the NASCAR All-Star Open and All-Star Race starting at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday. Thank you, Kyle. We've got lots to pay attention to during the All-Star Race this weekend, and we look forward to bringing it to you live right here on Motor Racing Network. Coming up, Sheldon Creed will join us, and later we'll get a playoff standings update. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Woody Kane had the chance to sit down and talk some NASCAR Camping World Truck Series racing with Sheldon Creed, talking about his season and what's up with the team going into Texas this weekend. Sheldon, a really strong season coming back together, defending champ in the Camping World Truck Series, and you're fourth in the playoff standings, and only John Hunter Nemechek has scored more stage points than you, but... It feels like you think that might not quite be as good as you guys can be. Yeah, certainly. I feel like we started off okay or strong the first two races and then just flat out struggled and we're getting beat there um, for a few races and we knew we had to do something about it. So um, we've been working on our trucks a lot, just trying to get speed back out of We were showing up to the same places that, that we were dominating races with last year. Um and we're just flat out getting beat and the trucks weren't driving good. So 
had to go back to the drawing board there. Um, had a new truck at Charlotte, and that was really nice just to, to have speed again to be able to run with those guys and get a stage win. Um, and just felt like I had a truck that, that was fast and drove pretty good. So uh, I feel like we're headed back in the right direction now, which is a good time to do it right before uh, we get into playoffs here at the end of summer. And, yeah, just, just happy that we have some speed back. And, um, yeah, just with the playoff format, it'll be nice being the four truck you know he's he's got a few wins now and, and a lot of stage points and and this and that but um you just got to win in the playoffs and you're on to the next round so uh, that's what we're looking to do right you get there and you've got as good a chance as anybody else that's for sure i want to back up for a second because the camping world truck series didn't race this past weekend but you were in a truck in a race you won another super truck race tell the folks about this because i saw some of the social media from our guys at mid ohio and you guys were coming down the front stretch jumping ramps and big old tires and tell us about that yeah stadium super trucks is it's just chaos it's so much fun to drive them they're so different from anything and that's kind of what i grew up doing i grew up racing short course off-road uh the lucas Oil off-road series and then i also raced stadium trucks um, from when I was like 15, 16 and, and even still race them. So, um, they teach you a ton of car control. They do nothing that you want them to do good. Like they just, they don't turn good. They don't have a lot of rear grip. They roll over a lot. Um, well, that doesn't sound good. Yeah. It just, it's <laughs> just a lot to drum, but they're all the same. So everyone's dealing with the same deal. Um, and I think that's what makes it so fun. It puts it in the driver's hands where, um, NASCAR's tough. It's it's a lot of what the car does, and um, you know you're only as good as your truck half the time. So uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and and I try to do it as much as I can. Uh, nowadays, it's it's getting a little tougher, but uh, when you, you I won three in a row, didn't you at one point? Yeah, I, I was I was three in a row. I won uh, both of Florida's and, and St. Petersburg races, and then uh, I won the first race uh, this past weekend at Mid Ohio, and um, got to the lead early in the second race to try to go four for four. And, uh, the transmission starts, I think the torque converter went bad. So wasn't able to finish, uh, which I was a little bummed about, but still nonetheless, a lot of fun and, and something to do on an off weekend and, and stay behind the wheel and, um, yeah, just keep racing. Let's talk about this coming weekend, Texas motor speedway. You won there a year ago. Everybody talks about the differences between the ends of the track. Take us through that, can you, to give us an idea? Because guys talk about how long they can hold a truck wide open. But at Texas, the, the opposite ends or the different ends make it a little challenging, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, three and four is is pretty easy wide open on the truck, especially now that they have that the spray down. I don't know if they're doing I haven't seen the track map for this weekend yet. But, yeah, I mean, they, they spray it, so now you kind of run in the spray and – and it's easy wide open either way in the truck and one and two can be it can be tough i actually kind of like it more without the spray in one and two just because then it's more about finessing the truck and and kind of using the brake and the gas to get it to do what you want when you have to run the bottom um, and then they they sprayed it the last two times we've been there so then you run up what is that a lane and a half off the bottom which i like because it, it creates passing and that place is really hard to pass at but um yeah, just two totally different ends. One and two is really hard, and if you overdrive it, you have a ton of grip until you don't, <laughs> and then that's how you see you see a lot of people getting into the wall off of two. The first time I went there in a truck, I spun out, um, 
just overdriving at one and two. So, um, yeah, I've always liked it there. I've always had speed there and, and finally got a win there last year, but that was probably one of the harder wins last year. Just, you can't get away. It's really hard to get away there. Just the draft pulls them right back. You'll beat them through the corner and the draft pulls them back up to you. So you're constantly like trying to fight off people and, and block runs and takes, um, yeah, very challenging. Let's talk about your sponsor, Lift Kits for Less. Joined the team for a dozen races here, and uh, that's a, a godsend to, to most teams, just about any team uh, in the season to get a sponsor like that. But you had a little back and forth with Marcus Lemonis earlier about Camping World and yes or no, and then uh, out of the blue, here comes Lift Kits for Less. I talked with Chris Davenport for one of our sponsor interviews a while back, and those guys are just a little bit different. They're like, yeah, we want to be involved with that, not just plaster a sticker on something, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's been great. Uh, um, obviously, we ran over tins and Camping World on our truck, um, and then we're kind of holding out. That's that's tough to try to go to sponsors and ask for for more money when they know what you're taking. So um, that was kind of our viewpoint on it. It was no hard feelings to Marcus. I think he's done great things for the series and and all of NASCAR. Um, but yeah, it was it was great that they came on board. Uh, we had our first weekend with them at Charlotte, and I think we have them on board for 11 more races. So um, all but one. I think Pocono, we have uh, we have a new one. So a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, glad to not be driving a white truck every week. That was that was cool for, for a weekend or two, but uh, obviously we want to, to put someone on our truck and, and hope they get value out of it. So um I hope they are, and, and hopefully they can turn into to something more, maybe a long-term relationship with them. You mentioned Pocono a second ago, so let's finish with this. The upcoming schedule after Texas, you've got Nashville, which nobody has been to in a long time, Pocono, which is its own kind of different beast, and then Knoxville, back to some dirt. You ran really strong at Bristol. I don't think the schedule, the next few, could be any more different week to week, could it? Yeah, I feel like the – truck series is different every week honestly uh we've been going road course racing dirt racing back to like short tracks like richmond and then and then up to mile and a half so i love the diversity i love different places i don't feel like i have a bad track really i mean maybe i'd say richmond's my worst where i just i don't know if it's the trucks we've had there or if it's me but um yeah that place eats me up but Everywhere else, I feel like I always have a lot of speed at. I'm really excited for Nashville. Obviously, none of us being there and getting to practice again. So looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, just a new track that, that none of us have been to. So it's always fun. Thank you, Woody. Coming up, we've got a playoff update. And later, this week in NASCAR history. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's NASCAR Live. We're closing in on the start of the playoffs. Matter of fact, once All-Star Weekend ends, we are 10 races from the beginning of the playoffs coming up at Darlington Raceway. So we thought a playoff update would be helpful so you can keep an eye on the bubble drivers. Here's our Dan Hubbard with more. 
following the weekend at Sonoma Raceway. The NASCAR Cup Series has now completed 16 of its 26 races this season, meaning we're only 10 race weekends away from the start of the playoffs. In a season dominated by Hendrick Motorsports, it's only right that one of Mr. H's drivers would be atop of the projected playoff standings. Following back-to-back wins at Charlotte and Sonoma, Kyle Larson holds that position, leading many to believe that he's the current championship favorite. Yeah, I mean, it's still a lot of racing left, but um, I think if you were point right now at a favorite for sure I think you'd have to look at us with U.S. run up front and leading lots of laps and getting the stage wins and things like that and and now getting a couple race wins these last two weeks so um, but like I said it's still a long ways left to go teams are going to get better teams are going to fade I just hope we're a team that continues to get better and um, can keep getting these wins and hopefully be battling my teammates for a championship Phoenix later this year. Fellow Hendrick teammates Chase Elliott, William Byron, and Alex Bowman are also playoff bound, sitting in fourth, sixth, and ninth place respectively. Dominating performance for Martin Truex Jr. off four, final time, checkered flag is out, and for the second time in his career, he has scored the win at the Darlington Raceway, picking up the checkered flag in the Goodyear 400. Truex has done it for the third time already in 2021. Behind Larson is Martin Truex Jr., who, like Larson, is a three-time winner this year, having won at Phoenix, Martinsville, and Darlington. Coincidentally, all three of those tracks will host playoff races, potentially giving Truex a leg up in the coming months. They're huge, you know, and I think um, this offseason we really, uh, as a, as a you know group, and I think as a company, want to you know, make sure that we had the 750 packs dialed in because, you know, that's the championship race and, and um, you know, a, a big a big percentage of the playoff races are with this package. So uh, that feels great. Um, I really, really enjoy this package. And so that's even, even a, you know, more of a bonus to, to get to win in. But, um, you know, just definitely, I think it's a big deal uh, for us and, and win at these tracks. So really cool. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, team's just doing an amazing job and uh, you know bringing great cars to the track and it's been really fun racing this year. Despite having gone winless so far this season, current series points leader Denny Hamlin is firmly in position to race for a championship, holding the third spot with 10 race weekends to go. Racing back to the checkered flag, they're crashing further back, Eric Jones is involved, here comes Michael McDowell pulling alongside, it won't be enough. And Brad Keselowski has picked up the win, scoring the victory in the Geico 500 at Talladega by a mere inches. Like Hendrick, Team Penske has all of its cup drivers locked into the playoffs, as Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, and Brad Keselowski are all winners this season. Other winners, Kyle Busch, Christopher Bell, and Daytona 500 champion Michael McDowell are also in prime position in the playoff standings. Trouble turn number one, Kevin Harvick slides up and pounds the safer barrier. Kevin Harvick with a big crash in turn number one, and we're under the caution flag for the fifth time today. Sitting firmly on the playoff bubble is Kevin Harvick, a nine-time winner from a year ago. Harvick, projected at 13th in the playoff standings, still has time, while his three Stuart Haas racing teammates are mired in the bottom third of the standings. We, we always want to win. Uh, you never know how the year's going to start. I think we've done a good job with uh, everything everything that we have, uh, except for a couple weeks where we had some bad luck with uh, flat tires, but you know, some, some years start out good and you go like gangbusters and some years they don't start out good and, and you have to figure it out. So that's just part of the game. I've been around this for a long time and 
um, you know, you just keep grinding away and, and you know, hopefully eventually you, you pick it up. And if, if you don't, you start over the next year. Joining Harvick on the playoff bubble is Chris Buescher and Richard Childress Racing teammates Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon. Dillon noted consistency as the main reason RCR is poised to have two drivers in this year's playoff field. I think, you know, we're doing a good job of just being consistent week in and week out. Um, I'm asking for more from our group, uh, just trying to figure out where that next little bit of speed is, because Chevrolet is so good right now. I mean, obviously, the Hendrick Motorsports has uh, kind of carried the banner, but we've been right there at a lot of places and been able to compete with those guys, and, you know, we, we kind of held ourselves to them uh, because, you know, the partnership that we have. and. Um, we got to pick it up just like this much, you know what I mean? That you start running from, I feel like every weekend we're at 8th to 12th place car. We need to make that next jump to a, you know, 4th to 8th place car. And then you're looking at having chances to win races when everything lays out. Tyler and I both work hard at um, everything we can during the week. And so do our team. So. We're pumped to, to get to the track and see see what we can gain on each and every week. Meanwhile, Matt Benedetto, Kurt Busch, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Ross Chastain, Bubba Wallace, and Daniel Suarez are all on the outside looking in as we head into this weekend's all-star race at Texas Motor Speedway. With 10 more races to go during the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series regular season, we're sure to have plenty of drama as we find out who will lock in the final playoff spots. Thank you, Dan. Coming up, we've got This Week in NASCAR History. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to head for the exits on this week's NASCAR Live, but before we do, it is that time of the week. It's that time for This Week in NASCAR History. Here's Susie Armstrong. Thanks, Mike. 1981, singer-songwriter Kim Carnes spied the top of the charts and stayed there for nine consecutive weeks with the hit Betty Davis Eyes. Congress gave a quick nod to President Ronald Reagan's SCOTUS nomination as Sandra Day O'Connor donned her robe as the first woman to sit on America's highest court. Harrison Ford's career was flying at warp speed as Raiders of the Lost Ark soared at the box office. And Benny Parsons hit the afterburners on the Milling Tools Ford, leaving most of the field behind to win the Budweiser 400 at Texas World Speedway. But more in the crew watching as Benny Parsons has 10 car lanes of an edge to turn three over Earnhardt. But Earnhardt tries to make a move. Earnhardt has been leading much of this afternoon, has been going that low gale. Now Benny Parsons is beating him to it, but Earnhardt is coming back. Earnhardt is beginning to close on Benny Parsons. As they come out of turn number four, Parsons by four car lengths. Earnhardt will take a run at him, but he will not make it, and Benny Parsons will win the Budweiser 400 here at College Station, Texas, by some three car lengths over the Wrangler machine of Dale Earnhardt. Nineteen ninety-five, America swallowed a jagged little pill as Alanis Morissette's third album hit the shelves with singles Ironic and You Oughta Know. The Beehive State and Salt Lake City get the nod to host the 2002 Winter Olympics. Val Kilmer and Nicole Kidman are box office gold as Batman Forever opens with a record $528 million weekend. And Terry Labonte was no flake on the tricky triangle, driving the Kellogg's Chevy to victory 
and the UAW GM Teamwork 500 at Pocono Raceway. Labonte to the bottom of the racetrack, off the third corner and back to the checkered flag. Heck of a day for Terry Labonte, a super run for Ted Musgrave. He'll come home in second, but the man who is 10th in points wins for the second time in 1995. Terry Labonte wins at Pocono, Musgrave is second. Things up in here tonight. No fighting. We got the refugees No fighting. No fighting. Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> 2006, the queen of Latin music Shakira pairs up with Haitian rapper Wycliffe Jean in the global chart topper Hips Don't Lie. Anne Hathaway struggles to please demanding fashion mogul Meryl Streep in The Devil Wears Prada. And Denny Hamlin was hauling the mail in the FedEx Chevrolet, delivering his first Cup Series win in the Pocono 500. Denny Hamlin's black and green Chevrolet all alone coming off the end of the short shoot. Kurt Busch riding in second, nearly a dozen car lengths behind Denny Hamlin, who's racing off the corner. And for the second year in a row, a young driver comes to Pocono Raceway and scores a win in his first ever visit here. Denny Hamlin is going to win the Pocono 500. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. Appreciate the checking of the calendar there. Also, we'd like to thank Eddie Gossage, the president of Texas Motor Speedway, for stopping by. And also, we thank Chris Busher for joining us. Our thanks to you as well for tuning in. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, can't wait to join you again next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, enjoy the all-star break. And so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrion and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast.